welcome to episode nine of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengas. <laughs> and we are not feeling great. No. But we are hosted on geekade.com. What's your geek? What is your geek? Uh, disclaimer, we both have colds. Yes. <laughs> so we are just off of our game. So if we start talking about something that is not the thing that you came in for, bear with us. <laughs> it's a little and... Uh... You know, just bear with the audio quality on this episode because we're both very congested. Yeah, like that nasally voice. We yeah. know you do. Can you hear some hacking? No, I'll edit it all out. You won't hear anything. We'll be on topic. It'll be great. But you, but you definitely hear the breathing. I don't yeah, know heavy breathing. That. Lots of mouth breathing. <laughs> Deal with it. Sorry. All right. So uh, to start us off, um, Commander 2016. Yes. We we were going to record earlier, but thankfully we didn't. Yeah. Because we were going to do a whole speculation of what Commander 2016 was going to be. And in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought of anything that they came up with. No. I mean, <laughs> we talked a little bit last month about what the possibilities were of Commander 2016. Um we had mentioned a while back, I don't even know if it was last month or the month before, but I had, I know we had talked about um, one of the things that would make or break it would be the idea of four colored commanders that were worth playing. Because I said, if you're going to play a four color commander, why not just play a five color commander unless the abilities of the commanders themselves were worth it. Um, based on that, mm-hmm. how do you feel about what you see? I feel like Wizards R&D at this point understand when they are designing a card for Commander what that card needs to accomplish in a way. Huh. Um, they they kind of know the power level um, pretty much at this point. Uh, so each of the each of the there are four color commanders. There are. Uh, there's five of them. Uh, one for each. Uh, block so to speak and um they all are only the cost like they're you know white red blue you know they're green. each only four mana yeah, cost, converted four, mana cost. thank you david yeah sickness uh, <laughs> down with the sickness man i'm with you we'll, we'll power uh, through that's right uh so they they understood that they if they added any more costs to them they would have been literally unplayable oh yeah um and they are, for lack of a better word, balanced and are loyal to their color um, identity, I feel. They are. I think we should just go through each one yeah. of the four colors. Then we'll talk about the set as a whole and then just general musings. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so first up, we have Atraxa, Praetor's Voice. Mm-hmm. She is green, white, blue, and black. Um, she's a 4-4 angel horror. She has Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink, and at the beginning of your end step, Proliferate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, has all the makings of, you know, Flying for White, well, Flying for Blue, Vigilance for White, Death Touch for Black, Lifelink for Green? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or Vigilance for Green. I think Vigilance is White. Yeah. Flying Blue, Death Touch Black, Lifelink Green. So uh, from the get-go, she has all the the mixings of her colors. Uh, the proliferate was an interesting choice, I feel. Um, they, they considered it um, the fact that uh, the there uh, it was there's some really great articles on the wizards website about their design process. Yeah, I the highly, R&D team put out I a lot of stuff. I highly recommend reading them because 
the concept behind this deck is that red is the destroyer of life, but all these other colors kind of breed life in one way or another. Even black is undeath of life. Exactly. So in this proliferate, you're creating more life, creating more counters. So Um, in general, I just think that Atraxa, um, I'm going to, for me, uh, I might make an Atraxa deck, but I'm not sure how much of proliferate I'm going to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. I think a 4-4 for 4 with flying, vigilance, death touch, and lifelink, it's not bad. Not bad. Um, um, maybe I'll abuse the proliferate, but I've never been a fan of the ability. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> while we were waiting for things to load, we were talking a little bit, trying not to talk too much, but we were both saying like, uh, uh, I, for one, actually want to try to, uh, to take advantage of, uh, Atraxas prol- proliferate a little bit, either through poison or some kind of just m- massive plus one, plus one count or like some kind of counter manipulation, right? Something just based around that so that, you know, I can use that proliferate each end step End steps a little slow in multiplayer, but I guess if it was every turn, it would be ridiculous. Right. <laughs> uh, next up we have Brea, Ethereum shaper. She's very, very, very much your standard Esper mm-hmm. mage, um, artifact creature, human, Except she has red in addition to her white, blue, and black. Yeah. Um, when she enters the... She's a 4-4 also. When she enters the battlefield, she creates two 1-1 blue thopters, uh, artifact creatures with flying. <clears throat> you can tap two and sacrifice two artifacts to choose one of uh, three abilities. The first is that she deals three damage to a target player. The second is target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn. And the last is you gain five life. Um, so... Once again, maybe she doesn't have the like ability, like the abilities on her, like so much as like flying and so so forth. The keywords, right. that's it. Um, but definitely, she still like I you know, green is you know anti artifact, so she's all artifact because right. she doesn't have green. Um, you know, definitely would fit in perfectly in like any kind of like artifact based deck, something that makes a lot of artifact tokens that you could sack and use her abilities for. It's not even a, a not even a tap ability. So as long as you have the mana for it, you could just do it as many times as you want. Right. And with colorless artifacts, there's tons of way to get. Yeah, there's tons of ways to get a mana and abuse it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with those colors, that's mm-hmm. a that's a possibility. Um, It's colorless. I think too. she's on my on my on a one to ten. So if I would go back to Atraxa, yeah. on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, for me, Atraxa would be like a solid 6. Mm-hmm. I, I think Brea is like a, a, a 5 for me. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, I would agree with that. Um, I feel like there's more possibilities with a Brea, though. I right. feel like there's more deck building um, choices you have. Mm-hmm. I feel like Atraxa kind of like... You you know you can ignore her abilities, sure. But if you're trying to build towards her abilities, you're gonna go for that proliferate. You, you kind of have to do like poison and stuff like that, or just creatures yeah. or something. I feel like with Brea though, you can kind. Of, there's a lot more wiggle room as far as like as long as you're making more artifacts, right? Which generally artifacts tend to do, mm-hmm. um, especially with the new set with yeah. Kaladesh. Oh yeah, she builds sure. really well with Kaladesh, mm-hmm. and like all the Mirrodin, like making mirror. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, next up, we have Kineos. Kin- Kineos. 
and Tiro of Melitus. Yeah. It sounds like they made these characters the same way I make my D&D characters, which is just <laughs> a bunch of random consonants and vowels smashed together to sound good. Uh, very unusual creature. Red, green, white, and blue. Yes. So Naya plus blue. And as a 2-8 human soldier, <laughs> at the beginning of your end step, draw a card... Each player may put a land card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. Then each opponent who didn't draws a card. So this is the hug deck. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I'm definitely upgrading from Feldegriff to these two oh. because it's this. It's the band colors are in there plus red. Yeah, and there are tons of good hug red cards, like a lot of like you know bizarre traders and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, that I would love to add to my group hug deck. So I will definitely be changing Feldegriff over I'm, to these two. I'm really surprised they made a hug deck. Like Why? People make it. Because I didn't think that they would do it. I didn't think they I would think that they would want each deck to be competitive. You I, I don't mean, know how you can ex- I mean, I see how you can win when you mix in if you do group choke instead of group right. hug. That's exactly what I was about to say is that a lot of people don't play group hug. For those of you listening, when I play group hug, my group hug deck I have created to be like absolute hug. Um it does not have a win condition. I can maybe on an off chance win by commander damage and that's if i'm lucky yeah but my group hug deck very much favors my opponents over me doesn't hinder them only helps them makes the game very chaotic um so that's my group hug deck but once upon a time i made a group strangle deck which is what a lot of people who play hug do yeah because they they want to win because they want to win right i made a deck that literally is not designed to win it is designed to not win um but most people do make group strangle where it starts off very huggy like everybody draws a card everybody plays more land everybody gets a creature is this all nice oh by the way i have all this now (laughs) yeah exactly So it doesn't surprise me that they accounted for that strategy yeah. and to those players. I, I'm just glad that they did. I'm yeah. me too. I but I'm definitely a hundred percent. And on my scale of one to ten for the type of commander that this is, I give mm-hmm. it a nine. Oh wow, solid nine. Yeah, group hug like nice. perfect. Two eight. <laughs> everybody draws. Everybody puts down lands. Like it's a that's a that's a commander right there. <laughs> uh, next up, solid. we have Jangus's personal favorite. Oh yeah, Saskia the Unyielding. Black, red, green, white. Because, you know, I don't like blue. That's right. (laughs) Uh, 3-4, Vigilance Haste. As Saskia enters the battlefield, choose a player. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. So, if I'm playing a game, I play Saskia, or I'll say Jengis plays Saskia. (laughs) Jengis chooses me as the declared player. If he deals damage to person C over at the table with any of his creatures deals say 12 damage in total I will also take 12 damage absolutely for free yeah so or if I attack you you take double damage that's right if you attack me head on (laughs) I take double damage um great like that's an insane card like that's why I saw it I was like this is this is this is amazing. This is <laughs> Saskia is great. I think, um, especially having haste. Oh yeah, vigilance and haste. You could like do Voltron. You could do. You could do a lot of the things. possibilities are endless. <laughs> Not to mention, it's whenever a creature uh, deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. You could split that up. Does that damage count? That is because it's combat damage. Is it still combat damage? Hmm. Not. Her, not the additional damage. That's what I figured. And that's just 
Because I was damage. like, can you imagine doing double commander damage? Oh, yeah, that would be insane. Like, and then giving her or him. Huh. Is it a her or him? Actually, wait a second. I See, Saskia sounds like a her. Wait a sec. But I don't. That's a her. Are you sure? Yeah. It's a, it's a burly her Debatable But it's a her It's like a Zarya Oh you don't really play Overwatch No uh, but. but debatable But anyway um, Androgynous Saskia Is uh, give, give Saskia a double strike Have a Gisela out Oh yeah And clean up Clean up Actually I was thinking You know Reading that again If she does damage Is that double? Because it is the, the, no, the, word, I, I the think wording it, is it deals that much damage. Oh no, it's not combat. Correct. It, it just say, deals damage. Okay. Same way like a soul's fire would say like so this. So even could, if you deal ten combat damage, you're just dealing ten additional damage. Correct. Okay. So it doesn't count as commander towards the commander oh, total. No, that would have been OP. Yeah. Um <laughs> Saskia out of ten. Oh, me it's ten. Yeah. I give her I give her another solid nine. I'm always hesitant to give it ten. Oh, of course. With, um, you know, I'm in fat. And then this guy. And then we have uh, Yidris, the Maelstrom wielder, is blue, black, red, and green, 5-4 trample. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, as you cast spells from your hand this turn, they gain Cascade. So does this replace Maelstrom Wanderer? Not even a little. Because not double Cascade. It's not that it's not double Cascade. Maelstrom Wanderer is upon casting. Mm -hmm. So even if Maelstrom Wanderer gets countered, I'm still Cascading. Mm -hmm. Um, While you just looks great, you have to get a swing off and have to deal combat damage just to get his well, ability. Thankfully, they did give him trample. They did, but it's still only a 5-4. I, I feel like they didn't want to make a Maelstrom Wanderer because Maelstrom Wanderer is a very strong card. I agree, um, but so, I just feel like... But they wanted that Maelstrom feel. I, I, I understand what they were going for, but I give this card a 3. Oof. I give this card a 3. Um, um, just because I don't think... I don't know. Maybe once I see it in play and somebody breaks it enough for me to be like respected a little bit, mm-hmm. if I, you know, you know, I don't know. I guess it because I'm comparing it to Maelstrom Wanderer. Of course, but you have to because it has Maelstrom in the name. Right. And mm-hmm. it's also a 5 4, but, it, you know, it's just it, for four. It's four converted mana cost. So it has some advantages to it. But at the same time, like I said, you got to get that swing off, mm-hmm. which means it has to survive. Yeah. Can't be killed. Can't be. Like can be like fully blocked, right? See the thing yes. about Maelstrom Wanderer. Once again, that makes it so great is that double cascade is on the cast. So even if they counter the Wanderer, mm-hmm. that cascade is still happening. And if they counter Wanderer, I'm just going to cast him again and get that double cascade again. Yeah. Like I love when Maelstrom Wanderer gets sent back to the command zone. This thing has to survive. If it doesn't have haste, if you don't have a way to give it haste, it's got to survive an entire round. But I feel like. If you build a deck to make him... Well, I feel like there's more chances for that cascady goodness out of him than Maelstrom. Mm, I don't know about because that. Because that's every think, spell after he deals combat damage will be cascading. I think if you want to build a deck where everything has Maelstrom, this is one of those things where you might as well just play five colors and run Maelstrom Nexus in the deck, mm-hmm. which gives everything cascade. Mm. Or just throw him in a Maelstrom under deck. Just literally run a five-color deck. Run Child of Alara or Progenitus as yeah. your commander. Have this guy, have Maelstrom Wanderer yeah, in there. Maybe he's not great as a commander, but I don't think he's... He's probably decent as a, just a creature. <laughs> Once again, in a five-color deck, if you're playing Cascade. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not... 
I give it a three. Okay. Bordering on a two. The more I talk about him, the lower he goes. <laughs> He's a one now. Yeah. Um, so those are the commanders. Uh, well, those are the four color commanders. Yeah, those are the four color commanders. So in addition to those guys, um, and we're not going to go through them all the way we did the, the originals, the four colors, mm-hmm. but they did something really unique. Mm-hmm. And this is something that actually our friend John um, had before he gave up magic, had actually texted me about creating really i have an entire conversation i should send it to wizards and be like this idea (laughs) is ours or really his um he had texted me and john's concept was what if we created a format where there were more than one commander Mm -hmm. you could have two commanders combine their colors and make a deck out of them and there'd be stipulations and i also found out recently um from some of our magic friends that apparently John might have not even had the first person idea of that concept that there was actually something else going on in the world where people were doing the same thing. Oh, really? But long story short, I feel like it's the next logical step because like you want to have more so variety. In case you haven't gotten it by context clues, what they did is they created two color commanders that have in addition to whatever else they have going on for them, have an ability called partner. And the partner ability is you can have two commanders instead of one as long as both of those creatures have the partner ability. So um, there's a lot of things you can do here. You can create a two-color deck with two commanders, like they have two Boros commanders mm-hmm. that have partner. You can create just a random two-color deck with partner. Yeah. Um, you can create a three-color deck where they share like a traditional wedge of colors and both creatures have partner, but they both share one color together. Or, more interestingly, create the four-color commander deck you've been waiting to play, but with two separate commanders mm-hmm. that make up that those four colors. I think that was a brilliant way to approach four-color commander. I think so, too. I think this is... And they definitely, you know, they're, each commander is kind of held back, in a way, um, power-wise, I feel. Yeah, they're, um, they're a little bit... On, I don't want to say on the bad side, but they're tame, yeah. They're very tame to compensate for the fact that you can have two that you can have two of them. And that's except for opportun- maybe Bruce Tarl the Borsh herder, <laughs> who is a Boros Titan. Like there was Primeval Titan and Frost Titan and all the other Titans that came out a long time ago when they first came out was at M eleven, M twelve. And the Titans, their whole shtick was whenever they had an ability that would activate whenever they would come into the battlefield and whenever they would attack. And they gave it to this boor, this bruised Harl boorish herder, <laughs> this ridiculous Viking-looking dude. Um, looks more Mediterranean to yeah, me. I guess. <laughs> and he's got... He's a four-converted mana cost, red, like white, and two. <laughs> bruised Harl, Jengis' uncle. Um, and it just seems like... He's a 3-3, three, three, so that's kind of like his held back. Yeah. His power toughness. He dies, he's, he dies, he dies to bolt. bolt. But whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Which is nice. That's 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 badass. <laughs> that is a good card. Um, Put that on an angel or something like that. Just on himself. <laughs> or like, forget too. it, man. I mean, when he comes in, if he doesn't have haste, put it on something else. Next turn, give it to him. He swings. He gives himself double strike and lifelink. Yeah. Add in some death Nasty. touch and... Yeah, your 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 first strike death touching. Like, what is that? Um, 
I have to say that's a really good card, but the rest of them definitely check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea was wonderful. Um, I I think it was just uh, a, a lot, great move. A lot of great design from this set. Um, uh, there are also some additional uh, unique uh, unique cards uh, to Commander Twenty Sixteen that they threw in. Uh, they threw in uh, something called they threw in some basic land cycle, um, which if you don't know what land cycling is, is where you dis- you pay some mana, discard the card, and you search for uh, a basic a-, a land. There's plane cycling, so they just did basic land cycle, which is a nice little fix. Uh, I don't think I'd ever play it though. Yeah, I think there are better ways for someone who buys the deck and plays the deck straight out as is. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's nice. Um, the next thing I want to comment on are the reprints. Because I have to say, I think the... Everyone gets... If you get Soul Ring, it's a masterpiece Soul Ring, which is crazy to me. Is it really? I didn't even look. That's what that's what the picture, the, the art they show, when they show, like, this is the Soul Ring that's in the deck. I'm looking on the official card image gallery right now. Hold on. No. It's not showing up there. I don't know. No. I don't know what I was looking at, but they showed it like they showed it as the masterpieces. No, no way. I'm not, looking at it right now on the on the wizard's card image gallery. Okay. Don't they, freak they, out anybody. They, they must have changed it. It's Sorry. just regular. <laughs> but that would have been crazy. Oh, that would have been nuts. Uh but I will say, oh, they have new signet art, which is cool. The signets are back with interesting new art. Um But uh I, I think the one thing about the reprints I really like is I think they're they're finally understanding the format, like the fact that and plus like the you know, card just cards that they're printing. Jack Menace is a very expensive card, <laughs> and like the fact that is it still? It was when I was making a deck that had Corpse Jack Menace in it. I think that's because it was in standard at the time. If I had to guess now, I can't I can't imagine that card still being expensive. I'm gonna look it up. It's probably cheap, probably not expensive because technically doubling seasons better because an enchantment. <laughs> Um, but I have to say that yeah, Corp Jack's Menace is sixty nine cents all now, right. bro. All right. Um, sorry to sorry no, to burst fine. your bubble. Fine, it's fine. Um, but no, I gotta say like cards like Chromatic Lantern. Yes, it's like they understand that that's like a staple commander card. Bad Robot, Solemn Sim- uh, Simulacrum, reprinting that. Stee, Stee, yeah. He's always getting reprints. He's been in there since the beginning. They get it. Um. That's just the big thing that I want to comment on. It's just the fact that like a lot of these cards, as I look at them, like they get them. Oh, another ability that is just it's fucking nuts, man. Um, only because the way we always play commander is with a large group. There is a new ability called Undaunted. Undaunted states that the spell costs one less for every opponent. So essentially, in these huge games that we always play between our friend groups, <laughs> these are one-cost ridiculous spells. Uh, Seeds of Renewal. Yeah, I saw Sublime Exhalation. I'm like, oh my god. Read it. Read Sublime. So it's undaunted. So six, it's seven converted monocost, six colorless, one white. Don't say colorless. I'm sorry. Six, six generic. Generic. Sorry. Uh, undaunted. Uh, destroy all creatures. Yeah. Sorcery. Sorcery speed. But still. Just like a wrath. That's a one mana sorcery speed. Wrath of God. <laughs> wrath of God is Sork. Yeah, that's true. So it is literally a one mana Wrath of God. Which is Well, like, technically it's a one mana Day of Judgment because it doesn't say regeneration. Yeah. But yeah, Seeds of Renewal is effectively, if you have at least six opponents, is a one 
drop a green card to return up to two target cards from your graveyard to your, to your hand, and then you exile it. Um, where's the red one? Uh, Divergent Transformation. Read it. Uh, Undaunted. Exile two creatures. For each of those creatures, this controller reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest into his or her library. It's a double chaos warp for one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is insane. And then you have the black, which is uh, uh, Curtain's destroy Call. Destroy two target creatures. Destroy two target creatures for one black if you have at least six opponents. And then the blue, which is a one drop return all non land permanents to their owner's hands. Oh, that's going in every blue deck oh I own. Oh my god, it's going to be so annoying. All of the blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, they, they, they're having. They, 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 I feel like I wish they would do more commander sets. Yeah. Um, because they're doing commander anthology. Oh, that's good. But the weird thing is about the anthology, unlike the rest of them, it's select decks from the last couple mm. commander sets. It's not going to be every deck. But anyways, what I was saying is just like I, they, they are like you said, they get commander now. They know what commander what commander players want. I wish we would have more cards kind of I mean, they do sneak them in into the sets. Like oh, Kaladesh yeah. had plenty of cards that work, as we like to call commander bait. Oh yeah, um, but like I just wish we had more focused sets on commander, right? Um, like a, maybe a spring and a fall, that'd be nice. Well, I mean, the problem is it's not as popular as it is with us, and as popular as it's getting, it's not popular enough to print twice. Yeah, to put that much R and D into uh, it. That's I know. their money maker will forever be standard. I know, but yeah, one can hope. And also, you have to remember they have the other reprint sets that come out the other times. I guess modern I'll, masters. I guess I'll just masters. be thankful that they they fit in some design into normal sets. Yeah. So uh, speaking of which, um, I know it's not on our docket, but what do you think? Uh, did you read about these? <laughs> did you read about the changes to uh, standard? Oh, the black rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, uh, we should probably speak on that, but we don't have anything prepared right now. I mean, we never have anything prepared. We just sort of wing it. And yeah. the best way I can say when I wing it is they want to make money. Yeah. So they're changing standard to make more money. Yeah. I mean, like, because they want people to buy more. Rel- they don't want people just to toss. Because, like, uh, they're they're extending it um, so that more cards can be in a, a rotation. Right. No. Oh, no, no. They're shrinking They're it. They're shrinking it. So that you have to buy more standard Correct. cards. You don't hold on to your old cards. Correct. That's what it was. Sorry. I thought of it the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, no, dude. You gave them credit for being nice. Yeah, you're right. No, dude. They're <laughs> money. They're shrinking it so that you, you get rid of your old sets faster if you want to play standard. Right. You want to play in the in the most in the most popular format, you yeah. got to uh, gotta buy a new set. Uh, which, is, which is insane which but. is why i think really the most popular format should be if it's not already i actually don't know the statistics but i i wouldn't surprise me if the most popular format was modern uh, just because modern is the most it, it it's hard to get into just because think, decks are very staple uh, yeah and cards are expensive but i do think that it is in some ways the easiest to stick with just because if you've just joined up it's the thing that your cards are going to keep to i don't think from wizard's eyes Oh, no. It's all about standard. No. (laughs) It's all standard. Um, They just want it to be standard. So all in all, Commander 2016? Must buy. Yeah. I uh, I already pre-ordered all five decks. Yeah. So. For sure. It's great. Good job, Wizards. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do next year. I don't think they'll do four color. I don't think they'll revisit the four color It'll be something something fresh. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, their, their design team is good. 
keep up. They get it. Good job. (laughs) So moving on to our Dungeons and Dragons segment. Yeah. um, We have a couple things uh, to talk about. First and foremost. Yes. New R.A. Salvatore book. (laughs) Hero by R.A. Salvatore. The last of the Homecoming series, which, by the way. The man you met at Comic-Con. Yeah, I met him for like the the third time I think I've met him. Um, Nice guy. (laughs) Gave him a bro hug. Got a picture. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Um, so massive spoiler alert. Yes. If we're you... <laughs> going to discuss the entire plot of Hero. Um, so if you don't. We're also really bad about going back and editing to tell you a time <laughs> to jump back in. But Keep... safely assume at least a good 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I would say. I was going to say half an hour, but maybe we won't go that long. Yeah. But if you hear us talking about dreads, just just skip. Just keep skipping. <laughs> All right. Drizzt, Drow, Artemis, and Trary. All these are the keywords yeah. we're looking to avoid. We should just say them every couple <laughs> seconds, just in case. Um, and also, right. uh, oh wait, that would be spoilers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's get to it. Um, so it was hero. great. It was great. Who's and I cried. The, ten co- out of ten. Must buy. Read now. Everybody go. Fuck the so, store. Goodbye. So who's on the cover of Hero? Hero. The cover is Drizzt Warden mm. wielding a new scimitar. Ooh. Which you're like, what is that? Well, that's not Twinkle. What's going on here? <laughs> Um, and also, uh, Artemis and Trary wielding his classic Caron's claw and, uh, his vampiric dagger. Of course. Uh, this picks up right where the last one left off. We talked about it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. The second book of homecoming was called Maestro. And so they just, you know, got out of the underdark. They just got out of the underdark. They were let go by Ivano Bonray. Yes. The, the new, the new Ivano, the reincarnate, well, not reincarnated. It's Grom's daughter, who has regained the memories from Ivanil due to the Ithlid. Yeah, okay. So anyway, Ivanil lets them go because she knows that Dritz de Warden has had a, he has a case of abyssal madness. Um, his mind has been struck with this abyssal curse After facing the, sickness. The Demogorgon? The Demogorgon. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry. We'll be talking about that soon enough. You bet your ass. Uh, but... Yeah, after fe- after facing and beating the Demogorgon <laughs> in the upside down known as Menzo Baranzan or Menzo Baranzan, uh, yeah, he uh, he has abyssal madness, so he has lost his uh, grip is on that reality. Anything like reefer madness? No, a oh. lot less fun. <laughs> okay, uh, he he believes that his reality is a lie. Mm-hmm. He believes that there's no way that all of this good stuff could have happened. He just beat Demogorgon. Yeah. How? How? I don't know. How did he? How did Cadbury and his friends come back to life, reincarnated? Like he just believes, based I off mean, of David's magic, he doesn't have to explain shit. Yes, <laughs> but it all spawns back to I think it was book ten or so, maybe eleven. Um, there was a brief period where Wolfgar had been killed in the beginning of the series, and they find out that when Wolfgar died, he didn't actually die. He had been captured by the Balor known as Ertu, who had a big bone to pick with both him and Dritzt. Yeah. And Ertu had been keeping Wolfgar in the Abyss. And in the Abyss, he had been torturing Wolfgar psychologically. And the way he would do that is make it like it was all a dream. Wolfgar would wake up believe he was with a, like his a wife have kids turned out the wife was actually a succubus turned out it was like a weird half-breed demon spawn and then they would eat the child in front of his face um stuff like that constantly making him believe that his reality was okay only to rip it away from him again 
um, the, at the exact moment he would have hope that he was really and finally free. Poor Wolfgar. Yeah. Which caused him to be a drunk and caused a lot of issues back in his first life, which he doesn't carry over to this life anymore. Nope. Um, so Dritz, based on that knowledge, believes that Lolf is doing the same thing to him. Oh. And that he died at some point, most likely a couple books ago when him and Dahlia plenty, fought. Plenty of places to die. <laughs> yeah, in fact, in fact, there's a point where he questions if he ever really made it out of Menzo Baranzon. Mm-hmm. If that... If that this isn't all punishment for him betraying his house, that if after Zach Nefane got killed, right, like his entire life on the surface, he believes could in fact just be a lie. Um, so when he gets back to Gauntelgrim, he's not the same. Of course. So much so that one morning him and Caddy are together and she goes to touch him and he takes out a scimitar, <gasps> nicks her in the neck and he goes to kill her. Oh no. But something stops him. It's his heart. Even even thinking it's all a lie, even thinking even thinking it's a demon he's seeing and not Caddy Bree, yeah. he still just can't do it. So he breaks down in tears and tells her to just end it. Ooh. To end him. And she has no Poor idea what's Trist. going on. Oh, it's horrible. Watching the scene unfold is Ivanel, who it turns out, knowing that he had abyssal madness, had planted a trigger in him, a triggered spell to make him kill Caddy Bree upon believing she was fake. And upon like a key word, and Dritz fought it, and it makes Ivanel. She just she doesn't know how to handle it because she's never seen anything like that before. Like someone beat one of her curses. She's never seen love. Oh, the power of love. Right. It's it's sentimental and kind of cheesy, but hey. she she lives in a society. She has the memories of Ivanel the Eternal, who was matron mother of Mesa Baron love and drought exactly. society. Especially when you have the memories of the most formidable matron mother to ever exist in Menzo Baronzon. Yeah. So she's intrigued by Dritzt and it changes her. And she decides she's done with Menzo Baronzon. Oh no. She just tells them all that they're all pathetic toys. And she tells all the matron mothers, she's like, You're all pathetic. You just you're constantly worrying about things that don't matter. And you're all striving for order when your god, your very god, demands chaos. Like, this is the dumbest thing. Why do you think Demogorgon was allowed to be sent down here by Lolf? It was because you're too orderly. And they're just all like, what? Uh, what? She's like, it's fine. She, t- she, t- she tells her, uh, technically it's her aunt, not her daughter, <laughs> um, who's currently still matron mother, uh, Quenthel. She's just like, you can remain matron mother. I'm out of here. Enjoy Menzo Baronzon. And she leaves. She goes to Gauntelgrim. And the dwarves are Sorry, like... Sorry, I, I, I was taken aback yeah, by that Jengis, statement. Please jump back. <laughs> she goes to Gauntelgrim. And the dwarves are like, who are you? And she's like, I'm here to parlay with, you know, Bruno or Battlehammer. And she's like, either like, you know, well, how do we announce you? And she's just like, and she says something quirky about like, just tell him not to split my skull this time. <laughs> and when Bruno sees her, he just has this moment where he just, re- like, he remembers... And he's just like, is this really, how can this young, like, how can it be her? But at the same time, it's him. So all this reincarnation, you know what I mean? Sort of, so to speak. But she's there to visit her uncle, um, Jarlaxle, and her father, Grumpf, who have been working with the people in Contagrim to restore the Huss Tower of the Arcane. Um, So she gets there, and she says she's come to help. But by the time she gets there, Jarlaxle, 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 after talking to Tazmakella and Il Nazara, the two dragon sisters, the copper dragons, 
Um, they take, they've, they've already taken Dritz away to the Monastery of the Yellow Rose, where one of Dritz's companions that he found in his, in his life during the time after the companions died, when he had like Artemis by his side. Like Dahlia, the Dahlia, the Dahlia right, times. Those companions. Um, one of his companions was a monk called Brother Affenfere. And... <laughs> Um, Fantasy names. I might be pronouncing that horribly, <laughs> but that's the way, you know, that's the way I pronounce it. And forgive yeah. me if, if it's not correct, but uh, I'll, call, I'll call him Aff, Brother Aff. Um, Aff Lang. <laughs> they take him to Brother Aff's monastery, who Brother Aff is now Master Aff. He's Master oh. of the South Wind. He's oh. attained the next trial because the, the Monastery of the Yellow Rose, they have different um, trials. There's... You start oh, as a, he's like, a monk of the four winds. He is, <laughs> and he's he currently attained master of the south wind. The next is master of the east wind, um, or master of winter and the east wind, like spring and the north wind. It makes this sense. whole thing, um, and then like then, then there's like the grandmaster title, which only one person's ever attained, and this person Aang? no <laughs> grandmaster Kane, and Kane transcended his mortality. His body is only a conduit for which his soul interacts. He is a walking soul. Like he has a body, but his corporal form. So he hit level twenty. He, he hit epic levels. <laughs> um, and he is the he 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 disembodied his spirit and added it to Cain two books ago, and helped Cain defeat one of the white dragons in in combat. Oh. Like Cain on his own with fists beat oh. a white dragon. My God, what is he? Terrazzo's well. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so they so the the dragon sisters say if there's anyone that's going to help. Dritzed, it's got to be the monastery. If they can help him transcend his mortal coil, that's the only way to get him better because no magic is working, no divine magic is working, and they even get um, Kimuriel, the scientist drow, to try and cure him, and it almost makes Kimuriel go crazy. Huh. So... I wonder why they... I guess they don't really know anything, like, angelic, because I feel like that would have been, like... I mean, look who you're talking about. talking about a bunch of filthy drow. I know. Uh, Anyway, so... Dritz goes to the monastery and for one reason or another starts training, even though he believes it all to be a lie. That's going on. Ivanel says <laughs> she levels in monk. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but he, he's not completing the training properly because um, Grandmaster Kane even says he's like, he's like, you have mastered your body more so than probably the, he says like 90 percent of the of the people here in the monastery. You could probably beat them in hand to hand combat if it were only on martial prowess. But your mind is that of a child right now. It is destroyed. It is it is completely not working. Um, and that's what they're trying to heal. Uh, so break away from that. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, the B side. Meanwhile, on the B <laughs> side, um, we finally figure out what Wolfgar and Regis did all during Maestro. Because they left the first book of Homecoming, Archmage, Regis and Wolfgar left. They went because Regis, in his new life, had found love um, in the this this um, this halfling woman who is the head of a an assassin's guild, so so to speak, a, a thieves' How guild. Bold. Um, he loved he. Her name is Danola, and he promised he'd come back for her. Um, and after the war with the orcs, he decides he needs to go back and get her and see her and and tell her everything how he feels. And Wolfgar in his new life decides he wants to have adventure. So he goes with Regis. So we didn't see them really at all during Maestro. So in this book, you find out they made their way south. Things happen and they eventually find Danola 
everything's great. They have great adventures together. Regis and Wolfgar <laughs> do some of the most ridiculous things. Like it starts with them taking a, a caravan where they know the driver is leading them to an ambush. <laughs> and the way they just get around everything is just fan fantastic like Wolfgar even like this is one guy that's like hand us your weapons so Wolfgar just ca- he'll casually ta- toss Aegis <laughs> Fang over then just whisper Tempest and it just comes back to his hand and he's just like oh what's what's going on like I thought you wanted my weapon like this whole routine that's funny um but it's fantastic uh so they go there they meet up with Danola everything's great but then Danola at a masquerade ball that they're attending which Wolfgar is just banging every chick left and right because in his new life he just he doesn't want a family, but he wants to have as much fun as possible because he had a family. He had children. That's not for his second life. His second life is just he wants adventure in every way possible. So he while he's doing his thing, um, Danola finds that there's this dude. There's this dude whose daughter is currently the queen of Damara. And she um, the king of Damara has had this is his seventh queen. Oh, my God. Because he's infertile but refuses to admit that he's infertile and is blaming it on his wives as being barren and is killing them for treason of not bearing him an heir. Well, that's intense. Yeah. So this guy knows that his daughter is in danger because she's not able to sire any children and it's not her fault. So he asks Danola and their guild if they would help. To kill the king? To help the daughter escape. Ah. So Regis and Wolfgar go to Demora, and who should be there waiting for them but one of the guardsmen of the King of Demora, Ivan Boldershoulder, and the tender of the gardens, his brother, the doodad, Pickle oh Boldershoulder. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not like young and reincarnated, they're just older dwarves now. Yeah, dwarves are long lived. Pickle with his one arm and Ivan's <laughs> there and it's it's this great and they like you know they meet up with them again and it's this wonderful like reconnection. But while this is so while all this is going on <laughs> outside Damara um in the capital city where they are there is a group of drow that have smuggled uh the succubus queen. I don't remember her name. It's like Mal Malconet or something like that. Malconet. Um she is like her and Demogorgon are normally allies. But now that Demogorgon is defeated, she's afraid that Grotz is going to come looking for her because Grotz is her enemy. So, so she had the drow help her help her spirit escape the Underdark oh. in a gem, in a necklace that she gives that oh, they give to the Queen of she was the She was the woman who was messing around with uh, the, 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 whatchamacallit, the, the tiefling, right? In uh, Sharon's Claw? Or am I thinking of someone no, else? No, I'm thinking of someone else. This, this is a different This is different, different. Um, so anyway, the necklace gets put on by the queen. Oh. And her spirit gets ejected from her body as the succubus queen takes over. So all that's going on. Wolfgar's spirit gets trapped in a mirror that the succubus has. <laughs> what? <laughs> she has like a, a soul-eating mirror. It can hold up to, I think, 16 prisoners at a time. And anyone who looks in the mirror gets sucked in. It's not just their soul. Their whole body gets sucked in. And then she, 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 what she does is she takes this mirror, gives it to Aserak. That's right. They name dropped Aserak. <laughs> gives it to the Lich Aserak. He devours their souls and empties the mirror. And then, can, and then she has an empty mirror again. So in return for having this powerful item, she just has to give him souls to keep his life extra long. Which I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe they name dropped Aserak in a Forgotten Realms novel. My god. Um. Right. So that guy, right? <laughs> Two Mahars. Yeah. Uh. So 
Wolfgar gets captured. There's a whole debacle. The queen is gone. They think it's treason. They don't realize she's possessed. She goes off to these caves. Regis follows. Can't save Wolfgar. Um, and there's a second where you think Regis is dead. Pickle goes with Regis. P- Pickle gets mortally wounded by an abyssal whip and is dying. Keep that to the side. Back to Dritzt. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he's not doing so hot at the monastery. The monks are trying their best to make him better. Ivano comes up with a plan. Ivano's plan, she realizes that the only way for her spells to cure Dritzt is if she wants to help him, first off, which Jarlaxle's like, why? And she's like, I just, I'm, I, he intrigues me. And Jarlaxle doesn't trust her. Neither does Grunt. They're like, why would you want to help this rogue, this heretic? She's like, he intrigues me. He intrigues me. And she's not lying. She does want to help him. And her plan is when she observed his struggle with Caddy Bree, she realized that in that moment is when he let his guard down. That moment where he wanted it all just to end, where he thought it was all just a lie and he just couldn't do it anymore. Only in a moment like that will she be able to have her spells pierce the barriers that he puts up in his mind. So she devises a plan, which Artemis and Truri goes along with. Because Artemis and Truri is there the entire time, and all Artemis can think is he wants to help Dritzt. Yeah. Because he's because Dahlia is better now. The two of them are together. For the first time in Artemis's life, he's been able to look in a mirror and not hate himself. Um, and he owes it all to Dritzt. And he realizes that even though it's not necessarily his fault that Dritzt is his way, Dritzt asked nothing to come save Dahlia. He asked mm-hmm. for nothing. He did it not just for Dahlia, but he knows that Artemis knows Dritzt did it for him because. They are friends yeah. now. They're bros. They're bros now. <laughs> so he feels like he needs to do the same. Even if it would cost him his life, he wants to save Dritzt. So the plan is that Entreri, Dritzt comes out of the monastery. The monk says, like, we can't do anything for you. And Entreri is there waiting for him. And Entreri gives in to Dritzt's delusions. He says, here I am. It's me. And Dritzt's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like not wanting to believe it. And Artemis is like, he's like, what better form would I take than Artemis and Treary to end your torment? You knew it was all a trick. Well, here's the lie. Here I am. If you believe it's a lie, let's fight. And Dritzt is like, what, what are you talking about? It's like, he's like, well, come on, kill me. If you think it's a lie, I'll just disappear. Right. <laughs> oh, he's God. like, cause if not, I'm going to kill you. And they fight. And Artemis is really trying to kill Dritzt. He's going all out mm-hmm. because he knows he has to. And then Dritz eventually shoves a scimitar. Oh, man. Backtrack. So, real quick. The scimitar he tried to kill Cadbury with? The scimitar. um, The reason why it's no longer Twinkle. Twinkle was damaged a couple books ago. But Caddy Bree also realized that her connection with the primordial that she has, the primordial of fire, has has unlocked new ways to do arcane um, craftsmanship. So, she takes... Tiago Bonray from the last book had a brilliant sword that was forged in Gonsalgrim when the drow had it and and a brilliant shield. His shield was called Obcress and it was like a spider web. It could go really, really small, the size of a watch and then expand to a full like tower shield size. That's a big shield. And anything that got hit in it got stuck in it. So she puts that shield and Brunor's like wooden shield that now produces like ale, like because it was like enchanted. Um into the fire and Brunor doesn't know what she's doing and when it comes back out she's combined the two items so Brunor's shield still produces the ale but it's now made of like mithril and it can shrink and expand the same way Avcrest did uh. Uh, so she does the same thing with Tiago's sword which has a drow name for lullaby 
or something to that effect, the sleeper, because whenever somebody got nicked by it, first off, it was incredibly sharp and it could pierce through almost any armor. And if you got nicked by it, it was just imbued with drow sleeping poison. She combines that with Twinkle and makes a brand new sword that is like a combination of the both. Back to the fight. Him and Artemis are going at it. Dritz stabs Artemis with one of his scimitars right through Artemis's gut. And Artemis says, what are you waiting for? Finish it. If it's all I, just finish it. And Artemis pulls like a an orakai from Lord of the Rings <laughs> and starts to shove the scimitar further into his oh gut. My He's God. like, finish it. And Dritz just breaks down because once again, he can't. It's his friend. In that moment, while this was going on, Ivanel had prayed to Lolth. And summoned a handmaiden. Sorry, I went back. <laughs> that took me back again. <laughs> she summoned a handmaiden of Lolth and asked the handmaiden for the power. The handmaiden, they're, they're, they're the, the, uh, the yakels, the waxy creatures. Asks the yakel to give her the power to cure Drist's abyssal stuff. And the handmaiden's like, why would, why would the, why would she, why would Lolth give you this power? Why would she give you this power? And She's like, so that way Dritz can feel and understand what it is we do to him when we destroy him. So he like understands like he if he thinks it's all a lie, it won't matter if we kill all his friends in front of his face because he'll think it's all a lie anyway. He has to be sane of mind to realize all the pain and hurt we can inflict upon him. So the Yakul agrees. So they give her the power. <laughs> Man, Wolf really hates Drizzt. Yeah, they give her the power. She blasts through his illness and cures him. Then the handmaiden says, now destroy him. I've come to wait until you do. And Ivanel says, no. <laughs> and the handmaiden says, what? And she's like, no. No. I'm not going to destroy him. So In tri- fact, I'm never going to hurt him at all. So she tricked Lolth. She tricked Lolth. She took the hand, and she's a chosen of Lolth, mind <laughs> you. Ivanel's a chosen of Lolth, and she's just like, no. Not going to do it. And then they banish the Yakul. How they banish the Yakul? I shouldn't say they banish the Yakul. It's much cooler than that. As the Yakul's like, you dare defy me and like rears up to do something like really bad to Ivanel, all of a sudden, like these butterflies appear, these like glittering butterflies, like these luminescent butterflies, they hit the ground and standing there out of nowhere is Grandmaster Kane. And he just pummels the Yakul <laughs> into mush before it can even move, like does like four flurries before it even has one turn. It becomes mush and dissipates as part of a deal that he made with Ivanel to help Dritzt. Wow. And Dritz is cured by Ivanel. Wow. And in that moment, these people come riding up and they're like, is is Drizzt Duorden here? We have a doodad named Pickle that needs your help. <laughs> and Drizzt is like, what? So they all go off together with <laughs> Artemis in tow. Artemis, Dritz, Grandmaster Kane, Ivanel, and Jarlaxle for the most part. Jarlaxle leaves though. All go to Demara to find out what's happening. They find Pickle's almost dead. Ivanel tries to heal Pickle, but her spells aren't working quite right because she's, she's a priestess. And she... And went, she... And said, now Lolth is... Now yeah. Lolth's just like, eh, well... <laughs> right? So they're trying to heal Pickle. They do what they can for him to make his death as painless as possible. Oh, Pill Pickle. Well, he doesn't die, so we're good. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but then they go to the caves to find Wolfgar in the mirror. And when they go there, they're fighting, they're doing everything. Um, they end up fighting the succubus queen. Ivanel goes to trick the other drow to leave. And in the meantime, gets a plan. There's a bunch of uh, spriggans there. And she decides to baleful polymorph a spriggan to look like Grotzt. Because she's <laughs> going to need it momentarily. 
Um, Dritz gets manhandled and almost gets killed by the succubus queen. And Artemis is the one to step up and almost kills her. Um, she flees the room and it turns out Regis is there. He's been hiding in a pool, only coming up for breath when he needs to because of his Genasi heritage in the second life. He like went into a pool and he's been hiding and he's only been coming up for air. He tells Artemis how the mirror works. So Artemis just keeps going out and grabbing goblins, making them look in the mirror and it spits out something random if it's full. So like the first time comes out like a dragon creature and they have to like <laughs> deal with that. The second time something else. Finally, they get Wolfgar out of there and Wolfgar grabs Dritzt and they go to book out of there. So everything looks like it's going going their way. The demon succubus queen gets shoved out of her body because the soul of the uh, the old queen manages to find its way back to its body. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, everything seems like it's everything seems like it's coming up uh, Dritz and company. <laughs> when all of a sudden, um, they hear the voice of that yakel, and it says, "You dare defy Loth. Now you face the consequences." And from down the corridor, a portal from the abyss opens up, and Loth steps out. Wait, what? Yep. Loth. Wait, wait, what? Actual Loth. How is that possible? She just rips open a portal. She's a god. Isn't that She like, can do that. I guess. Yeah. She's a god. <laughs> so she opens up a portal, and she's like, Dritz Duorden, we finally meet. <laughs> and he's just, like, just doesn't know what to do. He's how like, this is a god. Like, like, how do you? Insane, well, like, this is, that's it. So she ends up capturing all of the rest of them in webs and she has this conversation with Dritzt and at first she's like very mean she's like you know how dare you look at me how dare you look at me she makes him like she she forces him with her magic to like kneel and he's kneeling and he's not looking and then he gets up he forces himself back and looks her straight in the eye she says you should worship me and he says I can't and she says worship me or your friends die and they're spiders they're gonna eat her they're gonna eat his friends alive he does this whole like inner peace meditative stance he learned from the monastery <laughs> and blocks it out because he just refuses because he knows that if he tells her yes if he if he ever gives in to her she'll do what she wants with his friends anyway yeah so he blocks out their screams and he just tries to find inner peace in his last moments because he just believes there's nothing that he can do about it so um what he ends up doing is uh Loth takes him out of that he stance. He gets into the Avatar state? No. She <laughs> says, she says, you know, it doesn't have to be all bad stuff. There can be pleasure, too. And she kisses him and it, like, electrifies his whole body because it's, like, more pleasure than he's ever felt in his life. She's like, you should worship me. I can give more pleasure and more boons to you and your friends than you could ever think possible. And he's like, I can't. And she's like, she's like, she's like, yes, you can. Why? You just, you know, say yes and this and that. And he's like, would you rather me lie to you? He's like, I, he's like, devotion is not something that is given it just is it is the way of my heart and i could lie to you and i could tell you that i could devote myself to you to the rest of time but that would just be a lie and it wouldn't be the truth so do as you will but i will never ever worship you i just can't it is just not who i am um and there's no way for me to change and there's this moment where you just think oh god and she just laughs and she (laughs) says you amuse me and then she turns around, she says something in Drow, and she leaves, and everybody's fine. And the thing she said in Drow, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something to the effect of, life is meaningless without chaos, <laughs> and then some other thing that also around those lines. And Avonal and Driz look at each other, and they have no idea, like, what just happened. Like, Lolf let them go. Oh, I should also mention that Lolf promises Dritz whatever he wants, promises to bring back Zachnafane. <laughs> and... Dritz is like, you can't do that. Zachnafane doesn't belong to you. He, when he died, he didn't go to you because he never worshipped you. Yeah. She's like, doesn't matter. I can find a way to bring him back. 
and he's just like right he's just like no i'm not gonna i just won't do it so he faced he stared loth down yeah and she was like and denied her (laughs) um they go back to demora uh and they realize they still have a problem because the king still wants wants Wolfgar for treason because they were sending Wolfgar to like save the queen but at the same time the succubus seduced him so he's having sex with the succubus queen so they think Wolfgar committed treason they arrested Wolfgar for treason Ivan boulder shoulder for treason and they're going to uh, kill the queen yeah um and they realize they don't know how they're going to get out of this <laughs> and and everybody's just like I'm going to go here like just like seems, I'm going to go get so some sleep meaningless compared to like what they just went through right? if, like just is like I'm going to go to sleep Ivano's like I'm going to go check to you know check on something else and Artemis and Tree is like I'm going to go to the bar and he goes to the bar and that night when the king is guarded most um, somebody sneaks into the king's room despite all of the guards silent as anything puts a pillow over his face and smothers him to death. And because he has no heir, there's no the queen becomes becomes the, uh, the leader and obviously exonerates herself <laughs> and exonerates all of the people that saved her. Um Artemis and Truri is nowhere to be found at this point. Oh, of course. Because you realize that it was Artemis that <laughs> solved this issue as he as Artemis would. It was a job for an assassin, <laughs> so the assassin did it. Um and so when Dritz gets back and he's with Ivanel and he's with all these new people and him and Caddy Breer having this wonderful like reunited thing. He looks across the field to a tent where he sees Artemis is already there with Dahlia and he just realizes like what a strange world he lives in and what a beautiful <laughs> world he lives in because there they are like this is that's his friend now. And despite what Artemis did, like he understands what Artemis did <clears throat> and the toll that it takes. And it's just like this wonderful moment. And he calls Artemis and Truer a hero in a uh-huh. journal entry. And that's why the name of the book is Hero. Because it's Artemis that went and saved Riz. It's Artemis that like puts his neck on the line constantly for Wolfgar. Then he kills the king just mm-hmm. to save the queen. You know, he realizes Artemis is in fact a hero. Um, in the final chapter in Epilogue, <laughs> there's a feast that they all attend. Um, except for uh, Artemis is not there. But Gontel Grimm is now going to be home to... Danola's like band like outside Gauntlegrim there's like a little village where Danola's band is going to be and where um there's this whole like uh Gauntlegrim is going to be like trading with more people and the host tower is going to be up and running what? and Dahlia's son Ephron the warlock is going to be the host tower oh. while we're like everything is going smoothly also Caddy Bree's pregnant Oh, we're Driss is gonna have a son or daughter. Oh no! So I was like, oh snap! Um, and in the final moments in the epilogue, um, Ivano comes to talk with Jarlaxel, and Jarlaxel's like, "What brings you to my door? I thought you were gonna be on your way um, to Icewind Dale, because I guess that's where she decided she wanted to go. Because she she has decided she wants to, I guess, walk the path the of path Driss. of Dritz to see how he became how he is because his life intrigues her and his way of life intrigues her. And she's like, he confronted her. He denied her. He told her no. And Jarlaxle's like, yes, I know. And he's like, she's like, you don't understand. I think he wants to reform her. And Jarlaxle's like, oh yeah, I know. And she's like, her. <laughs> Queen of the Demon Web Pits, Lady Lolf, her. And Jarlaxle's like, yes, I know. And she just screams, her. And Jarlaxle's like, yes, that's why we love him. (laughs) And they're having this wonderful moment together when he says, but what brought you to my door? 
and she steps aside and Zach Nefane walks in and Jarl Axel. Sorry, I'm not as surprised because Dave told me about this before, right. but at the moment I was like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> uh, Zach Nefane walks through the door and Tim and Jarl Axel were best friends when they were younger. He was, he was Jarl Axel's only yeah, friend. I know. And the two of them look at each other and Jarl Axel just has like a meltdown, goes and gives him a great big hug. And Zach Nefane's like first words are, I like that, I, he, I I like wanna, that he, he checks with his like magical like eye well packs, make sure it's not an illusion. <laughs> yep. And he's just like, I, w- I want to see my son. And Jarl Axel says, you will be so proud. That's, and that's how the book ends. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like. It was like, a half hour, by the way. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so end of spoilers. Um, but yeah, you know, there's I mean, I'm curious as what the next book's going to be like. I, does I he can't have a name even, for it? I know. I, I mean, if he does, I haven't heard of it yet, but I can't imagine. And this is the last of the homecoming, so I don't know what the next saga is going to be called either. Ooh, you know what would be a good name for it? Father. No, that'd be an awesome name. <laughs> because not only is Jarlax, or, sorry. Uh, Zach Nefane. Zach Nefane's back, but Driss is going to be a dad. Yeah. So, like, that'd be perfect. That'd be cool. Or, like, maybe something along those lines. Yeah, like that'd be patriarch cool. Patriarch. that already sound like. <laughs> Father. Father. Um... All in all, fantastic read. I mean, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, there was an Unearth Arcana. There was an Unearth Arcana we could talk about for D&D next. But uh, we're not going to. It's, it's encounter building. Yeah, it wasn't great. It's, you know, hey, I mean, if you want, it, I mean, there's some nice little tips and tricks. Check it out. It's there. We're not going to really go yeah, into it. Yeah, we decided though. we're going to kind of skip Unearth Arcana <laughs> this month. That should tell you how good it was. Um, but beyond that, so uh, Dave wanted to talk about this the last time, but uh, but I just very because I was sick, I said, "Hey, you know what? I haven't watched it yet. Let me binge watch Stranger Things." So I watched Stranger Things. Yeah, you did. And we're gonna be bringing up in our Dungeons and Dragons segment because very much Stranger Things is shaped by Dungeons and Dragons. Not just shaped. I mean, the whole the whole show really is just one big D and D game. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in medieval times per se, but yeah. like. They've got a little party of adventurers, all these NPCs, (laughs) like they go off, they face the Demogorgon or the Demogorgon, as they call it. Um, What'd you think? Uh, uh, It was, you know, very interesting. I loved it. Um, You know. Very 80s. Very 80s. So So 80s. 80s. Uh, Remind me a lot of, yeah. (laughs) Remind me a lot of like a lot of 80s movies. Um, You know, it was very like such a good, really good, really good actors. Like the. The kids were real. Yeah. Like, there was like real kid. I love the like, sheriff. The sh- oh, of course. He's my favorite character. He's so good. <laughs> because like, oh my God, I got emotional um, at the end. But like, just his like, because like, so. By the way, spoilers. Spoilers for Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Give, us, give us a little bit of time for this one. Yeah. Um, Pretty much if, if, <laughs> if you didn't want to, if you don't want to have spoilers for Dritz or Dritz and you don't want to have spoilers for Stranger Things, you pretty much just want to skip our D&D segment this month. Yeah, give us another like half an hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, just like, you know, the way it starts is like he's so like disingenuous because like he just he he's a big city cop who came to the small hodunk, podunk town to yeah. be sheriff. Um, you know, like I love that, like in the beginning, like mornings are for coffee and contemplation. But like he and then like just his whole arc of like, you know, the more he follows this case, the more it reminds him of like just the more it reminds of who he really is kind of like I feel. Yeah. Um, And like just 
you know, he, he doesn't really, not so much he changes as a person per se, but he cares more and more about this case. Mm-hmm. And like this, this mother who lost her, who, whose child has gone missing. And like he, through the, the tragedy he experienced in his life, he does not want to see another person go through that again. Yep. Um, like that's kind of beautiful in a way. Oh, that's gorgeous. Uh, and like that, that last scene where he's like, you know, I'm going to push on his chest and you need to breathe, you know, and then it flashes back to like the, you know, he couldn't, uh, like I, <laughs> I would get, I would get Words, emotional Genghis. again, but it's like, you know, like when it flashes back, like, cause he couldn't do this for his daughter, right. but like he could do it now. He could save him now. He could do it. He, you know, it's like, I was like, dude, oh, you can do it. Like, I'm like, oh, but anyways, going back to Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, like the 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 kids' whole worldview is shaped around Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, the way they the way they decide to look for their friend, having a party, mm-hmm. um, the, the way their their friendship is based. Oh like, yeah, you know they understand the concept of you know sacrificing yourself for the party. You don't split the party. Like that was another thing that came up. Like yep. the, the party has to stay together, otherwise things fall apart. You know, it's like um, in like you know, there's just you know and. You know they're outcasts, so like as like a geeky kid myself, you kind of like relate to that. Of course it's like, you do. <laughs> it's not as cool as it is nowadays. That's yeah, true. The world is. I feel like the world has become. Granted, I mean, I'm, I'm sure every no, area is different. I feel like it's still. But as a, as a, as a teacher myself, I have to say that I feel like the world in general has become more accepting of at least geek culture. Yeah, like nerds are still outcasts, but the, I don't see them getting like pounded on in the schoolyard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. more of just like they are what they are. Um. But like you said, every region's different. But right. um, but like you know, it's you know they think that you know these the sensitive kids are strange and like not into sports, and you're like, oh, but they're 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 nerds. We recognize who they are. Yep. Um, you know, and it's like there's a lot of like really interesting bits of like good foreshadowing too. Oh, so I mean, much. from the first episode, I loved the fact that in the first episode, um. Will, that's the kid that goes Will missing, Byers. Right? Will Byers. Will is like, you know, he got me. <laughs> or it got me. Yeah. And they're like, I rolled a seven. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the Demogorgon. It got me. I rolled a seven. And then seconds later, yeah. it gets him. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, oh, that's good. Poor oh. Barb. Poor Barb. Yeah. She dead. She dead. She's super dead. Um but that's because Will was good at hiding. Will was always good at hiding. Yep. <laughs> Has a good hide check. <laughs> but um Good stealth. Yeah. <laughs> but like there, like you said, like it was literally like a D&D campaign because like it starts with the kids and then you have a side party of like, you know, there's the like teenagers. The, the teenagers and then the adults have their own with the, the sheriff and the mom um, and they have their own little thing. Mm-hmm. And like there's just like, you know, there's a lot. And this it's also very much a coming of age tale. Okay. Because like, yeah. you know, the... Uh, I forget names, um, but like you know, the relationship with the the one kid in eleven, oh, you yeah. know, that's like the the first kindlings of like feeling that way about a girl. Oh my god, like, eleven story. Oh well, heartbreaking. Poor eleven, right? Yeah, um, like oh, oh my god, <laughs> so much that kid had to go through. Right, and like oh, so talking, moving towards the end of the series right now, she's got to be alive. Yeah, I mean. 
You put the egos and the food in that little box. Right, but what does that even mean? Does that mean she's in the upside down and can only get them through? I think she's in the upside down. Or maybe she got pushed into another dimension altogether. What is the upside down? You but know, also, it's like... Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that also weirded, weirded me out a little bit. I thought was very out of character. I was shocked that the sheriff actually decided to... I was shocked that he told the actual location of Eleven and the kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they were hiding out at the school gym. I don't feel like it's too much of out of character for him. I feel like his whole shtick is about protecting children. And the fact that he literally told them where Eleven was, like, didn't give them a fake address. Yeah. Or or sent or send them to another school. You know what I mean? I feel like that would have been more in character maybe, for maybe him. Maybe he knew that Eleven would be able to take care of herself. I feel like that's not the case. Yeah. Eh, well. So that felt and also, what what did that mean for him in the end? When they roll up in the cars and he just sort of like goes with them. They had to like, you know, you never knew about this. You never knew about that. Are you sure? We don't know. How do you know that he's not like, like, what does that mean? Like, what is that connection now? Do you think he has some kind of connection with like the government? I think he works for them now. You think? Maybe. Maybe he has to. Uh, Maybe they knew he's a man of action and like their current, I'm sure their whole structure is gone because they all died to the Demogorgon. Yep. Um, Winona Ryder holding it together by not holding it together. Yeah, it's great, great acting from her. Uh, great acting all around. Really. Yeah, uh, very binge worthy. Yeah, the whole series for sure. Eight hours, you've got eight. <laughs> you ever sick one day? Just watch. Stranger you need to sleep. Things. You don't need to sleep. Watch Stranger Things. <laughs> Stranger Things. We watch all the way through. Love the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Uh, also, weird how the relationship. With Will's brother and the other dude's sister. Jonathan and uh, whatever her name was. I forget. <laughs> Weird the way that that relationship yeah, resolved. I mean, you hope, granted, it, I think, it made I still it not think, cliche. Yeah. But I, I kind of hoped for that to I be I still the feel thing. like there's something there. Maybe, with the present uh, exchange. Yeah. Maybe, but at the same time, like, it's clear that she's but, with the other dude. But John came back. <laughs> or whatever his name was. I don't think it was no the the the, the hair guy. Yeah, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. Yeah, Stephen came back. The only reason I know that is because there's a kid at my school that looks just like him, whose name is also Stephen. <laughs> and I was like, "You look like the kid from Stranger Things." His name is Stephen, and the kid was like, "My name's Stephen." I was like, "You are the kid from Stranger Things." <laughs> but uh, he had a nice little. I mean, he cared, and then he realized he didn't want to be an asshole anymore. <laughs> and he came back and helped them fight the Demogorgon. That's right. He had a nice swing. Yeah, <laughs> did pretty good with that bat. Yeah. Um, Demogorgon was a bitch though. Oh, that was great though. Like that. Oh, that's that's good design on that monster. Like not too overly crazy, but like the just like I'm just like much still like me as like a person who always wants to know things is like what the frick is the upside down? Is it is it like another dimension? Like literally a shadow dimension? I think so. Like you know where you know things are out of control. Oh, by the way. That science teacher, what is up with the amount of knowledge that that random school science teacher had? Like, that was ridiculous. Because he's a nerd. I guess. He's a nerd. And he's like, you know, when you become like, you know, he's a crazy, he like, of course, because he relates to these kids. I thought they were going to kill I thought they were going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought something was going to happen to him. When she came up to his door and was like, you know, I want to talk to you about the... You know, do you have any students that like to like record? Yeah. And like send them I was like, I was like, you're dead. You're done. <laughs> you're cooked. 
But no, they kept him around. He was like this weird sage character to them or something like that. Yep. Like he he he, knew, he always had the answers that they for the questions they needed. It's like that was a nice little like mentor kind of thing. All um, in all, it was a great series. Oh, for sure. Can't wait for the second season. Yeah, second, you know. I see, like there's still so many questions I want to answer. I'm glad I, I was reading a little bit today. Uh, and they said that like they're not gonna they, they wanted to do a time jump, but they said that there's still more stories to tell in that era. Right. And they want to keep going with that. That's cool. So I'm glad that they're doing that. Say they did say Eleven was coming back for the second season and she's gonna she's the original actor is gonna reprise the role. So Good. Good. So look forward to that. Um but Fucking that end, whoa! The that end, like like fight, yeah, it's just like like you yeah. know, crazy. Uh, it was wild. It was wild. I thought the Demogorgon was gonna get killed by the teenagers, but uh, I guess not. And no, I thought actually that they were gonna fight him in the upside down when the adults were there trying to save Will, but. You know, and then the the little thing that Will spits out at the oh, end. Oh yeah, and is he going to become the next Demogorgon? Maybe. Like, what or, is and that? then he still feels like he's in the upside down. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's just like post traumatic stress or like. There was a part of me that was just like, but wouldn't you think they'd get him X rayed? Yeah, but like when they found it's, it's, like a tube down it, his throat, it's magical. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. don't know. I feel like there's like a part of me that's like, I feel like that would have been. <clears throat> Like, if I saw something sticking down my kid's throat, yeah, the first thing I would have been is, like, check his stomach, check his insides, make mm-hmm. sure there's, like, no foreign objects. Mm-hmm. It was the 80s. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, all in all, Stranger Things, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Wild. Watch it. Uh, moving on to board games. Uh, you don't want to do the... My game? Oh, yeah. Almost <laughs> forgot. That's all right. Jengis, so... <laughs> Jengis ran his first Storm King's Thunder game yes. using Roll20, as we talked about, that he would. Um, did you stream it? You did, right? I did stream it. I have a recording. I might be able to put it up when I get around to it. So, thoughts? Um, all in all, I was uh, very intimidated in the beginning. I was nervous. Um, you know, uh, just because, like, I never, ever run a thing or two before, but not anything like of this like magnitude so to speak mm-hmm. um and like i was a little bit nervous but you know just once i got once i started uh and you guys you know fell into flow so to speak you know it came a lot easier um uh i was glad that <laughs> sam was there because he knew roll tony a bit more i was able to just point out a couple things that i needed mm-hmm. um because there were just some things i didn't know about roll 20 even going in but uh but all in all uh i like the way that roll 20 uh and wizards well specifically the roll 20 team uh put the module together uh a lot i mean you i can't really give too much away because dave is a player i am a player (laughs) um but the they definitely uh, I mean, I could say this much at least. Each creature has their health value mm-hmm. on the token. They provide you with all the tokens, mm-hmm. like on the map. Like any goblin you found was on the map. Right, already. it was ready to go. Yeah, it uh, was very much pre-made for yeah, you. You know, uh, it, it took a little bit of extra digging though because they don't give them the stat block on the creature, uh, which I found a little bit annoying. And you can't switch on the SRD that's there. I mean, I did. Oh, okay, but I mean, it was just I wish it was more all in on the token. Like, hey, you click on the token. Here's a stat block. Um, 
or like at least a link to the stat block. I'm assuming they only had so much time, and that would be a lot of work. I guess. Um, but uh, but there's it's easy enough to find um, if you look in the because like there's a there's a monster bestiary in the in the notes mm-hmm. that you get. Um, yeah, I I also uh, I. Mm, <laughs> I, I was looking through a copy of the book actually the other day. Uh, the and, hardcover, yeah, and uh, and like it is literally the exact same thing. Like every except you thought it would be different. I thought there might be some changes, some structural changes. No way. Nope, it is exactly the same thing. Um, so it's it's a perfect adaptation. So if you're interested in uh, a roll twenty uh, module, official mo- module, yeah, yeah. yeah, check it out, uh, buy it. If you're if you're gonna run it on roll twenty anyway, just buy it, um, because it's everything's there. Everything you would ever need is there. Um, I'm excited. <clears throat> you know, we kind of left off on a little bit of a uh, a bridge, so to speak. Um, there's still so much more, and it's like I'm very excited to see how you guys interact with it all because mm-hmm. you're just a very interesting band of characters mm-hmm. um, from you know Rocco's aloof. Uh, aristocrat to your uh to your very uh hard uh, right wing cleric yeah <laughs> but yeah it's a very interesting band of characters and uh I, I i'm very you know i'm very curious to see how it all plays out um you know i might it's it's very interesting uh because like I, I i do feel bad about some things uh i don't mind talking about um I said to you all that it was going to be a very much a Sword Coast thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should have more said that it's more of a northern part of Sword Coast thing. Like, it's fine. I know. I mean, I know. Sword Coast uh, is Sword Coast. I know. But, you know, uh, I, I don't think it matters too much. Um, but And I can adjust if need be. I don't I, think that's going to be an issue. Okay. Um, and But beyond that, I think everyone worked well within the what it is um i just hope that i'll be able to run the rest of the campaign and make an enjoyable experience um, um i had fun yeah i did uh i don't know if it was because we were on roll 20 i don't know if it was because we started later um first off i should say the dice roller didn't mind i didn't mind it as much with the 3d dice roller mm-hmm. i liked that it gave me what i needed for a little bit of that more visceral feel wasn't a big fan of it. Didn't get me a lot of my rolls that I wanted. Still would prefer <laughs> to probably roll actual dice. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, the whole thing just went really slow for me. Uh, I just feel like in a session that lasted... I mean, granted, we, once again, we started probably an hour after our original start time. I think we, we had planned 7.30. Yeah. Probably didn't get the ball rolling until closer to 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um but I do have to say that I felt like after what was about a four-hour session, um, we just hadn't accomplished much in terms of um, progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had gotten to... And once again, I don't think that's a fault of, of you, so I don't like go home and be like, oh my God. I just think that... I don't know if it's Roll20 or the module itself, but it was just very, very... I don't know how far that is in the, in, in the module, but it just didn't feel very far. Because we essentially had... be honest with you. Introduction, and then... That introduction is everything I made. I made it up. Because uh, I wanted you guys to have a little bit of something before you went in. 
even just like meeting in a in so the module city. starts with that battle in the city starts with you guys getting to nightstone right so then yeah so we really got if even even with or without that being the case we really didn't get anywhere you know yeah. we got through it, considering that's the beginning of the module you're talking that we beat the two what were they were they bar guys wargs. Oh, they were wargs yeah. which by the way those things hit like fucking champs yeah um we beat the wargs and then we had beat like one or two more things before we found the, the poor woman that my character decided to like savagely beat um which if you're listening to this and you're, you're taken aback just know that it was from a place of of it was good wisdom but not good intelligence which is exactly what my character has because the whole point was i expected to knock the character out unconscious in one swift blow but i guess it turns out this character had a lot more stamina than i thought so we just started hitting her to make her unconscious and it was not working so it just turned out that we were like savagely beating this poor woman for no apparent reason um but it was all with the good intentions i know that seems so weird to say but it was it was it was for the best of reasons according to my character um but really yeah i just didn't feel like you know also for me in particular because of where my character my character starts pretty much at the city yeah which was fine because it gave me time i had to put dresden to sleep which it worked out perfectly that way um but it just didn't feel like in the time that we spent that we got very far Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i can understand that like i'm still i'm still not feeling the i haven't felt the hook yet yeah i haven't felt that that like adventure hook the thing that's like what are we actually doing Mm -hmm. you know um so i think it's going to take at least one more session to really get into it Mm. um and part of that i think might be I really do think Roll20 as the medium might have been part of that mm. because there were a lot, there was a lot of downtime of how do we work out the kinks because you now we had like the map issues well, I mean, and some other things. Yeah, I think the second session will definitely go a lot smoother. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple of things on my side that I have to figure out how I'm going to do, but I'm going to try to be a bit more prepared this time um, uh, than I was before. Right. Um, but you feel what I'm saying, right? Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Um, like I said, I, I did. Uh, I did make a personal choice to start the players out in the city of Neverwinter. Um, just no water deep. Water deep. Water deep. Uh, just so that the they they had a, a, to to give more of like a hook to Rocco Rocco's character, right? To give him more of like a vested interest in this. Kind of right, um, you know, not you know, to, to go behind. Rather than just like you're out of city for some yeah. unknown reason, go. yeah, because because be, because Rocco's character is very like there is there's there's re he his character he has motivations exactly yes um so like you on the other hand you're you're you wander the you know you wander the country you're night you're right. looking to right wrongs right you know but he's more of like a nuance of like. Aristoc- arist- aristocracy you know right. and like these this, this group mm-hmm. um so like i just wanted to throw that little bit in and then he meets the mercenaries because they could be mercenaries right they didn't really need more than just to be mercenaries right um and then it, but it, then it creates a very interesting dynamic between Rocco's character and the group yeah um, like I said, you don't have to. No, I, I get it. I just I wanted to, uh, to give the, the audience a right. bit of a, a reasoning. I mean, uh, it, it makes sense. It's just, as I said, in a 
my, the, the biggest thing was I think in a four hour time span I just don't feel like we progressed very yeah, far okay, I would have so liked were, I was there, interested and I would like to have progressed more to see where the there story were was time going. constraints there were technical difficulties you know right. um, like I said I believe the second game will go a lot smoother I had fun though I had a lot yeah. of fun I can't mm-hmm. wait to play again yeah hopefully we can schedule that in a more timely fashion right um so moving on to board games. Board games. For real this time. Yes. Uh, our retro board game is going to be Trivial Pursuit. That's right. Uh, Trivial Pursuit is that classic game where you have uh, a little... You try to get triangles. Yeah, you're a circular, <laughs> you're a circular pie, and you need to get all your little pie pieces. Um, each pie piece is a different color, and each color corresponds to a different category. The categories can be like history or sports and entertainment, sports and leisure, um science so forth and so on uh once you get all six pieces of your little pie uh you're then free to move on to the end answer one last question and you win the game mm-hmm. a circular board um yeah and i believe you can only move in the original version i think you can only move in one direction around the circle right so if like you miss yeah you have a piece to... you have to like go back and, was... and you have to like roll onto the piece that you need like it was it was like a really weird yeah, way but to... It is, but it's like circular, so like you will get around bad. There's different... The, the colors do show up multiple times. Right. Um, so it's not like you can't get to it. And again. if you answer a question correct, I believe you go again? I believe so, yeah. Right? Yeah. And if mm-hmm. you don't answer a question correct, your turn stops. Something to that effect. It's been a long while since I've played Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> um, I have to say, in terms of the original version, I am not a fan. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You know, I've all uh, trivia always shocked me when I'm like, oh, I know more than I think I did, kind of thing. Right. Um. You know, it, it's a, it's a. I like the themed trivial pursuits. Me too. Um. When it caters to a knowledge that I have. Yes. Yes. It's a lot nicer. Uh. I, I'm talking. That's why I, I made sure to say original trivial yeah. pursuit. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think I would ever like go out of my way to get original trivial pursuit. See, the problem is when I was a kid, I would play it all the time, and it would be like me and my. I remember often playing with actually my friend Mark and his parents, and I just remember all the time losing. And part of the reason we lost all the time was just because we were playing. We were first off, we were kids. So, you know, we had tons of lack of content knowledge. Yeah. But also, it was the original trivial trivial, <laughs> blah, 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 trivial pursuit. And as the original, um, the knowledge that it was asking for was just so far dated mm-hmm. that it was There's hard no for us. There's no way for you to actually know. Right. We're talking like questions on like Groucho Marx before <laughs> I could even understand who Groucho Marx was. You know what I mean? Like just different... Different things like that that was just like, and it, it was just it was just not great. It yeah. just wasn't it wasn't a game that I enjoyed mm-hmm. just because I didn't know most of the answers, and I and it made me feel dumb in in some way as a kid because you're a kid and you think like if you don't know the answer to something that must mean you're dumb, <laughs> um, especially as an, an intelligent kid yeah. then you really think you're dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like I know things. I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in I'm in G and T, but. In terms of the theme, I'm looking at my Nightmare Before Christmas Trivial Pursuit. Uh, in terms of themes, or even in updated, like tri- Trivial Pursuit, I believe they made like a 2000s version. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. If I have a good grasp of the content that I'm going to be quizzed on, then yeah, I mean, why not? But also, like, there's something to be said about that. And does that mean we're just 
are you and I just taking the easy road here? We're like, yeah, the game that we can win is the game we want to play. No, like, you know what I mean? I mean like, like, you want to have a challenge. There's no challenge if you can't, if you don't know anything. You know, if like if all the answers are like, oh, I don't know. You know, like you'd rather be challenged and like challenge your knowledge of something you do know. Um, I have a question. Have you ever played Trivia Crack? No, I refused. Really? I know that it's essentially... It's the same thing. It's, it's the it's, words it's, with friends version of Trivial Pursuit. It is the words with friends yeah, version of Trivial no, Pursuit. Don't even go there. I, I, I I'll flip this table. I'll lot, flip it. I had a bit of fun with that when it first came out. No, someone, someone was like, hey, you want to play Trivia Crack? And they showed me. I was like, this is like Trivial Pursuit. They're like, what's that? I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Stupid kids. They I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I was like, I was like I'm out. <laughs> Damn, I was like, old man Marconi. Yeah, no. I was like, I'm going to go play my trivial pursuit. Get off my lawn, you kids. Um, uh, so for a more kind of like updated version of true, I don't want to say updated version, but like a different version, uh, the other board game. Of, so with going trivial pursuit, uh, thumbs up? For, uh, thumb down. Thumb down. I'm going to go thumb down. Overall, even... Even with the content knowledge stipulation, I just always have that bad taste in my mouth from the original. So I'm gonna go yeah. thumb down. I'm gonna go like thumb middle, thumb middling, like you know, like Zangi from Street Fighter, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so kind of like another in the same vein of a trivia type game, mm-hmm. uh, Cranium. Oh, uh, Cranium. <laughs> uh, I I like Cranium a lot more. I do too. Um, just because it caters to a lot of different other, rather than just purely trivia knowledge cares to a lot of other things right there's like uh the there's the artistic side there's the drawing and the clay sculpting and mm-hmm. the singing and the this and yeah, the that yeah um a lot of fun things that they do so cranium i mean i should probably be more specific cranium is once again another trivia game um except there are tons of little fun uh gimmicks that go along with it for instance um you might have to do like a charades turn you might have to do um, a clay sculpting turn so your partner can guess the answer. Um, you might have to do a, a sing-songy turn or, you know, some other random um, thing, spelling letters, spelling words. Um, so it all, it's a different type of trivia game and it's not necessarily, a lot of the trivia you're getting except for I think one of the categories, um, a lot of the trivia that you are getting are are things that aren't... Um, aren't content knowledge specific. Like if you're doing like the artistic one, you might get like, you might have to like, I don't know, craft a snowman out of clay. Yeah. Like that's not something you need to, for the most part, have like a broad knowledge of like, what does a snowman look like? Oh, I've never seen one of these before. Mm -hmm. Like what, like, you know what I mean? Like it's everyday things. Uh, Once again, the idea is to work your way around the board, um, except instead of collecting pieces, uh, of colors in this case the colors simply represent the type of question you're going to be getting mm-hmm. uh, every time you get onto a brain there are four brains around the board there's a brain you start on and then there's the fifth big brain in the middle um, every time you're on a brain you have the option to go on a fast track or a slow track but that depends on whether or not you got your question right or wrong when you were on the brain um, getting your question right on the brain sends you on the fast track which provides about four spaces before the next brain Going on the slow track doubles that. It's like eight spaces in between brains. It is eight spaces. So uh, clearly there's an advantage to getting questions and getting these things right. Um, very fun party game. Oh, for sure. Do it in teams. 
Uh, love to do inappropriate things, obviously. <laughs> you know, you, they give you yeah. clay and pencils and pens and you go nuts. Yeah. Uh, I love Cranium. Cranium. I think Cranium is everything I want Trivial Pursuit to be. Cranium is one of those games we don't play anymore. And like, I wish we did play more um, because like we kind of replaced it with other like board games for party games, so right. to speak. Um, you know, with our Avalons and our other such type games. Uh, I wish we played Cranium more. But right. Like, you know, it just doesn't really come up. I mean, it's also... A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it because they feel like the novelty is worn off. Yeah, that and like some people just don't like the aspects of like the, you know, oh, I'm not creative. Oh, I can't really do impressions. Right. You know, like... Um, you know, they just they, they they can't just play and have fun. <laughs> I, I I just also think that very much there's a novelty to it that yeah. ca- that it was, was definitely hot when it came out. Right um, on its inception, it was fantastic. Now it's like people are like ah oh, cranium. Like mm-hmm. we've played this before. It's like it's the same. It's the same flavor that I think Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples have right now, mm-hmm. which is like that we have we've 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 ridden this ride. As much as we need to, like, why go back? Which is a shame, because I do think that Cranium is a very fun game. Um, for sure. You know, it's just... Uh, I think it has a lot to offer, too. It does. You know, maybe if they, you know, definitely... I mean, I, don't, I honestly, I do own a copy, but, like, it's old, and, like, the clay is probably cracked and broken by now. You should replace it with some Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, you know, I would definitely um pick up a newer version if they do release a newer version yeah totally. uh, and like kind of put that into my collection because i really wish they would make an adult version yeah you don't think that mm-hmm. i mean granted i'm saying this without actually checking jangus is going to check right mm-hmm. now they very well could make an adult version of cranium um but if they if they haven't that is a brilliant thing to make cranium dark the Cran- heck is that cranium dark <laughs> It's the upside down cranium. It's dark Goku. (laughs) It's the Demogorgon's cranium. Uh, We stole the brain from the Demogorgon. No, it's not the same thing. It's not the brain of the Demogorgon? Or is that just, you mean it's not like an adult? It's not like an adult cranium. It's more, I mean, no, it's like more like just, oh, (laughs) it seems pretty fun. Um, You have to like, it's uh, charades, but you have to do the charade that gives you two cards. So you get to milk a cow as a zombie. And they're supposed to guess that, I guess. Huh. Which is like, you know. Weird. Yeah, a little weird. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not really like looking too much into it. But, you know. Well, let me put it this way. If it doesn't exist yet, that is a, a brilliant marketing idea. Especially for the, like the, I keep bringing up Cards Against Humanity. But that's like a market. The market for like a good adult, you know, dirty sort of game. Um so I would say cranium people, if you if you're listening, not that you ever would, but if you are, because you Googled your own game and the description of our podcast came up <laughs> and you wanted to see if you could sue us for some sort of rights, well, just remember, we gave you the idea. That's right. Hasbro. Adult cranium. <laughs> Man, Hasbro could just wreck us. Yeah. I mean they can't because this is like a yeah. this is just speech. But Hasbro <laughs> might as well pay us at this point, <laughs> considering two thirds of our podcast monthly is dedicated to their products, and then occasionally, occasionally, <laughs> so is the last third. So Hasbro, pay us. 
We're willing to be sponsored. Yeah, we will be sponsored. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wear those, uh, those like, you know, NASCAR jackets yeah, that say right. Hasbro on them. <laughs> Not that anybody would see them in this vocal only podcast, That's but right. we will wear them and you'll if, know if we're we wearing do, them. If we ever do You Shall Not Posco live, we'll, we'll wear Hasbro shirts. Yeah. <laughs> or we could, we could think up a, you know, a jingle like Hasbro, it makes you go. <laughs> <laughs> No. You don't like that? No. That is pretty good. That might be the episode name. <laughs> that, might, that might be the episode name right there. Hasbro makes you go, bro. <laughs> uh, Stop. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, we're both very sick. We're both very sick and tired. Cranium thumbs up. Uh, yeah, thumbs up. Uh, uh, we're going to go get some rest. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the month. Pick up Commander. Read some drits. That's right. Enjoy some board games. Indeed. Um, next month. Maybe Jengus will have uh, edited our first episode of our Geek Aid D&D yeah, game. Maybe. Awkward. I- <laughs>